Welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, the podcast where we talk about the opinions of old people and young people, from fair wages, carbon zero, sheen halls, and everything else in between. Hi everybody, welcome back to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, your survival guide to New Zealand politics. I'm Holly. And I'm Zandy, and we're going to be your host for today's episode. Today we're talking about yeah. Chris and Chris. <laughs> so because we've done um, a few quite content-heavy podcasts in the past like couple of weeks, we've kind of just like slammed a whole load of information on you. This one's more of a fun little comparison. So Crispy Chris is going to be comparing the two Chrises. <laughs> yes. In case you didn't know, it's our Prime Minister, Christopher Hopkins. I don't think I've heard anybody call him Christopher I was going to say Christopher Luxon, and then I was like, it's not the Prime Minister. I had to say no. that. Chris Hipkins, our Prime Minister, and the lead of the opposition is Christopher Luxon. But it's just odd because, like, one of them's definitely going to win the election, so we're going to have a Prime Minister called Chris. I mean, statistically speaking, if you're Chris. Statistically you're... speaking, if you're a white man named Chris, you're more likely to be Prime Minister than a woman. So what we're going to do today is we're going to give you our best general description of the two Chrises and their vibes, and then we're going to go through, like, facts about them, like, where did they grow up in New Zealand, what's their history, what's their political experience, and all of that fun stuff. Firstly, we have this look vibe and general info fun facts so let's start with Luxon the leader of the opposition leader of the opposition he is surprisingly short he came to clubs week and my flatmate Catherine sent me a video being like Christopher Luxon is here and I was like oh my gosh send me a pic I haven't seen him <laughs> and she sends me a photo and it's really funny like I don't know if the people he was with were just like super tall but the ratio of the photo was so funny because like these young nats he was with were like six foot three and then he was like I don't know he must be like five nine or something no no he must be shorter than that because I'm five nine and Catherine said he was definitely shorter than me didn't Catherine say she was he was her height yeah probably it's like five seven this is is all speculation by the way like like there's no information to prove how tall he is but he just comparatively he looked really small he seems like a wannabe farmer I can't describe it. But I think you're right. He could. He would definitely wear one of those like Swazi farmer jackets, right? Yeah, like he. he I, I feel like he's never probably stepped foot on a farm. Yet would like dress like a farmer to prove a point. He's like a Kiwi bloke, basically. He is also an old man. He's 52 years old. That isn't actually That's that old. That's not that old. My dad's older than that. <laughs> <laughs> you thought he was like he's ancient when I was talking about this before. And then we have Chippy Christopher Hipkins. Chris, I can't. I can't. I can't call him Christopher Hipkins. It doesn't work. It's he's Christopher. Isn't that actually chippy. Christopher? I don't know. I've only ever seen him be referred to as Chris. Let's Maybe he's not even a Christopher. Maybe we're spreading misinformation. You know, it's Christopher John Hepkins. That is the whitest oh name gosh. I've ever had in my life. Christopher John, that is a very white name. I Yeah. Well, what's Lex's middle name? Well, Mark. I saw this before. <laughs> Christopher Mark or Christopher John? Christopher. I think they're both on a pretty similar wavelength yeah. of just being they like are. supreme white male core, right? But anyways, so then we have Chippy, who is... 44, but Loki, he looks like he's 22. When I, I saw him, like, face-to-face when I was still in high school, and, like, in year 13, mm. and the first thing that popped in my head that he was that he looks exactly like Tintin. And ever since then, I can't get out of my head. I was saying before, he looks like he looks like the guy from Wreck-It Ralph, but not Wreck-It Ralph, the little Fix-It Felix. He oh. looks like Fix-It Felix. Yeah, I see it. 
And I think I made that connection in my mind because somebody referred to him as like cabinet's fix-it man and I just went, he, that's fix-it Felix. He is fix-it Felix. But like I struggle to take him seriously when he's doing, like when he posts and like does press conferences and stuff because he literally just looks like a teenage boy and I cannot take anything that teenage boys say seriously. I can, I mean... I was a teenage boy at one I, point. I know, and I still don't take you seriously. <laughs> it's That's like, true. That's why we're friends. Precisely. But I was talking to my dad, actually, and then my dad said he has, like, a laddish energy. Like, he's just one of the boys, right? <laughs> and I was like, that is actually so funnily accurate. Yeah, like, I would not be surprised if I, I, sat into, I, I walked into class, sat down my lecture hall, walked over, and he was sitting next to me. Wouldn't he just, stand he out. Just, he, he looks too young, and he looks like he's not been jaded by life. And I think that's the thing is so many politicians just look like... They've been beaten I, down. Yeah, they've, they've been beaten down by society, and they're like, here's my way to fix it. He just looks happy. He just looks happy, yeah. He just looks like he's enjoying his life. He looks like a golden retriever. That's, like, that's his yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah. In he's essence, alive. we have a golden retriever and Humpty Dumpty. Yes. I can't. I can't take either of them seriously. One of them. One of them is so aggressively bald, and the other one has just got nothing going on behind his eyes. Not yeah. to challenge his intellect. I'm so. I'm sure that they're both very qualified men, but you know. So now we're going to go over their assets and their net worth. So you can kind of get like a picture of of how they're living their life. And maybe, you know, I think I think it just puts a lot of things in perspective. So, so first, how out of touch are they? Yeah, basically how out of touch are they? Okay, firstly, we have Chris Hopkins. So th- like, obviously, this is all just information from the internet. So we've got no way, no way of verifying this like disclaimer. But supposedly, his net worth sits at around $4 million. There was an interview done a while ago where all the like a bunch of MPs released like how many properties they owned, like prove that they were in touch or whatever. And then it was like, <laughs> Chippy has got like his regular home in Upper Hutt. And then he's got like a beach house somewhere. And then he also has like a house like in a trust or something and then some people are like oh it doesn't count because it's in a trust or like maybe they can't contribute that towards his assets because it's like in a trust oh. i don't really know how like housing trusts work that's complicated yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm like i don't know but basically so his net worth's around like four million he owns a, like at least two to three properties although one is a batch yeah, not, but it's still a property, still a property that you yeah. own, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't own any batches, let alone houses. <laughs> what you mean? You don't? You, like, you mean you didn't own your first like two houses and your first like mansion by the time you were eighteen? No, I need to, I need to get on my Sigma hustle more. <laughs> <laughs> Hustlers University is calling. Hustlers <laughs> University. Okay, and then we have Christopher Luxon, whose net worth, again approximated, is estimated to be about thirty million dollars. That's quite a bit more. That is quite a bit more, but also not denying the fact that like four million is still like a shit ton of money. It's that's insane. Oh, also, side note, Christopher Luxon has seven houses. One of them, of which he rents to himself while he's to, while he's in Wellington. And of course, the kicker here is that Parliament pays his rental because Parliament pay th- yeah Parliament give MPs accommodation allowances so it pays for their accommodation when they're in Wellington so Parliament literally just like gives Christopher Luxon free money because he rents his house off of himself which I just think is such like a horrifically sigma hustle thing to do right? well one of the national MPs in Wellington tried to do the same thing with his like um office like he like with his like uh, his um 
electoral office area. Like he tried pa- to rent it out. He he owned the building and rented it out to Parliament. That's fucked. That's yeah. so messed up. Yeah. Basically, they're both worth quite a bit, and they're a lot more than any of us. So, like, I think that when you're putting that into perspective of, like, what are they actually campaigning for? It's like Christopher Luxon is proposing this policy where it's like, ooh, if you have a rental, you can get, like, a tax rebate on it, or, like, there is an interest on rentals or something like that, where you get your interest returned to you if you're renting out properties. But it's like, if you are renting out your own property and getting Parliament to pay for it, and then you as a landlord then get also an interest cut, literally, who are you benefiting? Just people who are worth $30 million, (laughs) not me. (laughs) I don't own anything. Anyways, and I, yeah, I think the same could be said for Chippy. Like, he's like, we're working on bread and butter issues. I don't think he's ever had to eat bread and butter in his life. He's worth $4 million. You know what I really want to see in a, like, in a debate? Politicians being asked, like, to name the price of everyday items. <gasps> That's what Judith Collins did, right? And then she said that a block of cheese was, like, $5 or something. <laughs> a one kilogram block of cheese, I think it was. Yeah, one kg block of cheese is, like, $5. That's so funny. I really, I want to see a pre-election cooking show or, like, domestic chores reality TV where they put Chris Hepkins and Chris Luxon next to each other and go, I want you to both do a load of laundry, I want you to both make a meal and then do the dishes and just see what happens. Because, like, I'm so convinced that they've done nothing of domestic value in their entire lives, right? No, Chippy was a student. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if that says much. I mean... I still think that if you have enough money, then you can just, like, avoid doing a lot of those things. And also, it was so long ago that, like, in their political fame, they'll have forgotten how to cook mac and cheese. I don't know. I just I just think that would be really entertaining to watch. That's my take. <laughs> no, I agree. I, maybe, like, house swap. House. Oh, my God. House swap. Someone, someone in state housing. And... and someone in state housing. Yeah. That would be amazing. Maybe it would give Christopher Luxon a little bit more empathy. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. Why? They tried that in China. They had to cancel the show because the billionaires realized it just sucked. Is this true? It is, yeah. They, they made a reality TV show in China where made household, it, was, it was more complicated than that. Basically, they got billionaire CEOs of companies to like give up their wealth for a month and work in like the bottom tier of their company. Oh, no. In the, on the grounds that because they kept claiming they could work their way back up. And um, they found out they couldn't. Spoiler alert. They couldn't. <laughs> Let's go into like that sort of like bit of a bit of their life story. Yes. So their childhood. Where did they grow up? How did they grow up? Well, that's a really good question. Hepkins is. Um, he's actually the first. Wellington-born prime minister in quite a long time. Oh, that's so sad. Wellington-born and like serving in Wellington, like so, right? Okay, yeah, like Wellingtonian prime minister. He was born in the hut. He's lived here ever since. He went the to the Hot Valley. The hut. No, so he he went to he went to Hut Valley Memorial College slash Petoni College. But as far as I'm aware, and as far as my research has entailed, I don't think that this exists anymore. I did go to school in the Hut Valley. Um, and I've never heard of Hutt Valley Memorial College slash Petoni College unless it's been turned into Hutt Valley High. But I'm I think that it's a different, I think that it's a different place. So the high school that he went to did shut down, oh, but he it, was the he it was merged the head, into Hutt Valley High. Oh, merged into Hutt Valley High. I was yeah. right. I was I was pretty good with that with that assessment. Um, yeah, and he was and he was head boy of his college, 
little studious man. And he was also president of USA, like I said before, for two terms. Um, but yes, so Chippy went to Vic Uni and he studied political science and criminology, I think. Um, and he was president of VUSA in 2000. That was before I was born. That's a little freaky, right? Yeah, my God, that's ages ago. That's that's ages ago. That is 23 years ago, in fact. When he, well, I don't know. When I say 23 years ago, it doesn't sound that bad. I'm not even 21 yet. I'm not even 20 yet. <laughs> Anyways, so in 2000, Chippy was VUSA Prez. Christopher Luxon, so he grew up, so he was, this is a little confusing, so he was born in Christchurch, I'm pretty sure, Yeah, is what I figured out, he was born in Christchurch in 1970, and then when he was seven, he moved to Auckland, he was in Auckland for a period of time, and then moved down to Christchurch again, and then attended Christchurch Boys High, oh fuck, Scott's is co-ed, I forgot about that. I'm too old. Maybe it is. Anyways, so he went to Christchurch Boys High and then studied at the University of Canterbury and he got a Master of Commerce in Business Administration, apparently. So that's what he does. He loves the economy. He's committed his whole life (laughs) to commerce. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's a kind of a background on where they're from and what they're doing. I think, as far as I'm aware, both of their parents were not upper class. Like it says, so Christopher Luxon's father worked for like Johnson and Johnson doing sales, and then his mother was like a psychotherapist and a counselor. And I don't actually know what Chippy's parents did. Oh no, his mother was a chief researcher for educational research in New Zealand. So a public servant. Yeah. Public servants. Yeah, so both of them I don't think were like particularly well off as children. Like I think that both of their stories kind of come from like a oh, we worked our way up and we came from like modest New Zealand families, which I think is like fair. Yeah. Um yeah. But I think that that just like gets kind of wiped off the table at this point that you're worth like thirty million dollars. <laughs> like being like, I I can relate to you guys. Yeah, I'm feeling the cost of living crisis too, guys. I'm feeling the cost of living crisis. <laughs> I might need to sell my sim property. end up with like their career so what have they done chippy came out of university and then it says here he worked as like an oil and gas industry trainer i don't really know what that means i suspect that's like training up the guys who go work on the rugs no i i don't know if it is because like where where he doesn't have qualifications for that he had a political science criminology degree why is he training people to do oil rigging that doesn't make sense you do what you can get. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's my so, speculation. speculation. He, he worked in the oil and gas industry doing something, but most of his life, like, he's been in parliament. So it's like he was a policy manager and a parliamentary advisor to Trevor Mallard and Helen Clark. So just, like, long-timey Labour people. Um, and then he he got a seat as an MP in 2008 um, and he entered Parliament then, and he has just been there ever he's since. He's just been there ever since, and he's held held the same electorate since two thousand and eight. So he was in the Rimataka electorate, which is like in the Upper Hutt, Rimataka, yeah. like the back end, the back end of Wellington, the back end of the Hutt. Um, yeah, so he's had that electorate since two thousand and eight, and he is 
been voted in consistently. When he's, as he's been in Parliament for so long, he's done a bunch of different things. So he, well, most of them, to be honest, in the last three years. Most of the last three years. <laughs> there was a period in which he had like three ministerial portfolios at one time or yeah, something like, weird like that. He used to be called the Minister of Everything, and that's basically because he was, in fact, Minister of Everything at one point or I've another. I've got a list of ministerships that he's held, which he's got, he's got... It's oh, in order. It's in order. Okay, okay. Oh, I don't know which ones are in order. Yeah. I've just got them all written down. We, we, he started out as the shadow leader of the house, which is basically just a symbolic role. But like, if you're on the opposition, you like you like train to replace the other guy when you eventually win, sort of. Then when they got elected, when he got elected into government, which would have been what 2017. So in 2017, he was appointed as Minister of Health, sorry, Minister of Education. Minister of Education. And then I think as that all started to, oh no, he was Minister of Education, and then. And he was he was a pretty consistent yeah. minister of education. He was, and then COVID hit, and David Clark had to resign because he violated the lockdown rules. So Hipkins <laughs> became minister of health, <laughs> while still being minister of education. He really loves education. It's an important thing about. And him. then in 2020, he was designated as minister for COVID 19 response and minister for public service, all while still being education minister. And finally, he gave up the COVID 19 response and healthcare stuff and education too, right? Um, I think so. And then he gets a point. Oh, no, I think he was still Minister of Education at that point. He's he's done a lot of stuff. It's really hard to keep up yeah. with when things started. And, and then ending. and then finally he becomes Minister of Police before Jacinda resigns and he becomes yeah. Prime Minister. So he's done a lot of them. He's had like a lot of portfolios. He's done like a lot of fairly important things. He, well, he probably is the most experienced minister. Yeah, definitely definitely one Parliament. of their top like like most experienced ministers. So comparatively, Christopher Luxon like has incredibly limited political experience. Like actually just like I mean, none. He was elected like less than three years ago. Because he replaced Jamie Lee Ross. He did replace Jamie Lee Ross. So he won the botany seat. But like that isn't really like a big win because it's similar to Chris Hipkins one yeah. where it's just like it's a safe national had just held that held that seat like since forever basically, yeah. um, but yeah so so he won the botany seat in 2020 which is an area of Auckland but prior to that he was just like a big businessman like national really like copy pasted the whole John Key thing yeah. like being like ex CEO as prime minister amazing combo and then just like tried to copy paste Luxon into the same thing but the issue was Luxon just doesn't have the same charisma that John Key had I think it's gonna be his demise yeah. I can see it now Luxon has a whole corporate ladder route he worked in Canada he worked in New Zealand a CEO of New Zealand like I was talking about mm. and then he comes into Parliament. Judith Collins resigns after the horrific election defeat, and he literally just gets airdropped right into leader position. Yeah, no challenges. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, but so his experience. So from nineteen ninety three to two thousand and eleven, he basically worked all over the world. But he worked for Unilever. 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 What even is Unilever? Is anyone trying to talk about this? We think it's just like a massive multi-goods company like it's, it doesn't seem to be very it's specific like, no it's what it is is it's the it's like health and fashion, it's the it's the beauty equivalent of nestle yeah like yeah every deodorant brand or deodorant, like that you can think of like shampoo, shampoo conditioner like, like Dove, Nivea, all of yeah, them all of that shit it's all owned by unilever they also own ben and jerry's which is really upsetting um but uh, anyway so just like really really massive like parent company for a lot of smaller companies um like kind of monopoly vibes like very very powerful a yeah. little bit questionable anyways um and then he ended up in canada as the ceo of the canadian 
like division of Unilever. And then after that, in 2011, he joined Air New Zealand. And then the year afterwards, he was named CEO of Air New Zealand. Um, And it says that during his eight-year leadership, Air New Zealand profits grew to record levels. So I mean, I suppose that he was he was a good businessman. Also, but I just, don't think that being a good businessman makes you a good person necessarily. Yeah. Also, arguably, you know, just price gouging would also lead to record profits. Yes, Doesn't necessarily yes. mean it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So he's a very, very, very successful businessman. And then he was also on the board of like the New Zealand Tourism Industry Association and like Virgin Australia, like another big airline, and brand in like 2014 so he's had like pretty significant roles in his career like no doubt about it he's been very successful in what he's been doing but like he doesn't have a lot of political experience he basically it's i I don't know i saw something like he was like a spokesperson for internal affairs and spokesperson assistant spokesperson for transport or something weird like that but no he hasn't been in parliament long enough to be a minister for anything so he actually like doesn't really have a lot of of political experience like he has managerial experience but not political experience yes well it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because i think that like it's quite likely we end up with a national government this year we 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 can do a podcast on 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 how we reckon the election's gonna go we we can do that later this is a a discussion i could i could have for hours days So that's kind of their career, like business career, political career, whatever you want to call it. Um, so then we kind of lead on to like their political... Scandals. Scandals, <laughs> yeah. But also just like stances, like stuff that they believe in, right? So Chippy, his big thing is obviously education. He was education minister for ages and like health stuff. But like in terms of politics, like if you listen to our first episode, what, what we said about like labor not rocking the boat that's most of what he does it's just like if it's not broke don't fix it and as prime minister he's taken a big focus on like that bread and butter issues so like the major thing that he's done is by raising the minimum wage raising benefits and raising pensions i think he's i would say he's center left but like yeah well yeah labor is a center left party yeah but as far as he's he's definitely he's definitely a moderate labor impact yeah yeah very much so um so i think probably the same with chris luxon in the sense that he's pretty moderate in just a national sense he's like we should lower taxes and give people housing rental rebates and stuff like that but the issues that people have with christopher luxon is more like people really came at him really hard when he was like i don't believe abortion is like a moral thing to do and he voted against like was it like abortion safe houses or something like that yeah because there was a there was a law in parliament basically saying that there should be safe zones around abortion clinics that you know they can't like people going to these places can't get harassed and and he and he voted against that and And he's made some comments about like why he thinks abortion isn't right but but also um in saying that he's released statements being like i am not going to try to overturn new zealand's abortion laws which i think is good but But it means he won't necessarily support any extensions of or making it easier to get an abortion yeah yeah he isn't yeah he isn't looking to make anything easier so people have criticized him quite strongly for those kind of issues yeah um also he's come under fire for like anti-co-governance rhetoric as well just believing that we should get rid of co-governance is like very against the Waitangi Tribunal existing. Um, it's more like the right wing rhetoric that the Treaty of Waitangi like 
all like the land deals and stuff like they should be finished soon like the sooner it's done the better it's just get over and done with us we can and like set a date for the waitanga tribunal to like just finish it's like it's like setting a deadline to force every sentence to come to a conclusion faster. It's almost what it will entail. Oh right, no, that's not good. Which I mean, they take time for a reason. Like literally, gotta get it right. Justice system. Um, also, just like a funny thing is just that he wants to put like young offenders in military boot camps. <laughs> <laughs> Criminal offenders, military is the place for them. Teach them how to use guns. <laughs> but like also like uh, d- there are there are so many reasons like why we, we can do a whole podcast of this but just like there are so much evidence to prove that these just don't work and in the worst case scenario they actually make the problem worse yes because you're teaching young offenders how to literally use guns but it just like you're also all putting them in like together in the same place it's just it's just so much so much money for a man who talks about wanting to save the economy and reduce spending it was it's going to be an absolute absolutely horrific Child amount of money soldiers. if your issue is is with crime you need to understand where the root of the issue is which is poverty right like yeah. that that's just the root of the issue and you can't just like not deal with those and be like let's just let's just teach them how to use guns and put them in no. a military boot camp to discipline them it's it's all right that actually takes us into the scandals <laughs> yeah this does take us into the scandals both groups have scandals we think that Luxon has slightly more impactful scandals but like Chris, Chris, like Chris Hopkins has his own. So we're going to yeah. start with Hopkins and we're going into like. Okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll start with Hopkins. Firstly, there was, this isn't really a scandal, but it was just a whole funny thing where he went on live TV and then said, go out and spread your legs. And then the entire, the entire nation just like went up and uproar because they're like, <laughs> that's hilarious. And then he had to go and be like, I didn't mean to say spread your legs on live TV. And then he got a mug with it on there. And then he got a mug. And then he was just memed for so long <laughs> for doing that. He took it, he took it on the chin. Funny. He took it on the chin. But this is the kind of like teenage boy behavior behavior that I say I like Loki just can't take him seriously because of that right like that's just so funny um a couple of years ago was it 2017 2017 I think yeah. it was yeah there was this big scandal in Australia about the deputy prime minister then being accused of having New Zealand citizenship as well as Australian because, because in, in Australia, Australia you can't run for parliament if you have dual citizenship yeah so it turned out long story short he he did but he didn't have it at the time he ran it, was, it all resolved itself but Hipkins in New Zealand asked a question in Parliament if Barnaby Joyce, the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, had New Zealand citizenship. And this was before the media really grabbed attention to it in Australia. Yeah, so basically Chris Hipkins and his like uproar in Parliament was kind of the reason that the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia had to step down from his position. And, and like, then he was just condemned by like, like Jacinda Ardern was like, that was bad behaviour, Chippy. Yeah. He just he just got like condemned in the press for doing that because yeah. it's like not his place <laughs> to to usurp Australian politics. Um, but yeah, so that was like a, a main issue. People have also just commented that like he was married to his wife, but like only for one year until they got divorced. So oh, that, like, no, that divorced, they separated. But yeah, so people are like, maybe he's a bad husband. Yeah, so, so those so those are kind of the vague the vague chippy scandals. They're not very intense yeah. or like really well, bad. Well, the Australian but... one did sort of ruin our relations there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the the, the Australian one was 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 yeah, bad, but, <laughs> but but most of the other ones are just like talk, media, media attention kind of yeah. stuff. So with Chris Luxon, obviously a lot of the scandal stuff is kind of rooted like 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 media attention is rooted yeah. in the, his like kind a, of anti-abortion rhetoric and all that kind of stuff like that that's what a lot of people talk about but he had a couple of big scandals when he was part of air new zealand which were not very good um he tried to copyright 
the phrase kia ora. And it was it was really odd because they were like, oh, it isn't it isn't just the word that we're copywriting, it's just the logo or whatever. But it's just really unclear why they felt the need to copyright the word, like the words kia And then they just obviously came onto so much fire from like Māori spokespeople and iwi representatives and every everybody ever because they were like, this is absolutely insane. Why are you trying to trademark the words kia <laughs> and, and anyways, and then eventually they dropped the trademark because they got so much terrible media attention from it that they were like, oh, we're going to leave this and not do it. And I think that they've been fine since. Like, I don't think the trademark was super <laughs> necessary. But anyways, that was just like a very bad cult cultural decision that was culturally insensitive cu- culturally insensitive <laughs> indeed and people just blaming like this is straight up appropriation you could not buy like a traditional Maori <laughs> greeting to use on the side of your airline and have that trademark like that's actually just insane behavior that's colonialization colonialization but the other big one is when Luxon was ceo of Air new zealand Air new zealand was working with the saudi arabian navy to build, like, propellers and engines for, like, their vessels, like the, the Saudi Arabian Navy. Yeah. And the reason why this is an issue is during that exact time, the Saudi Arabian Navy was busy blockading Yemen, which is causing, like, one of the world's worst famines in memory. Yeah, yeah. Like, for um for context, Yemen is an incredibly poor, like, war-ridden country where a lot, there's a bunch of human rights issues and people are, like, dying. And Saudi Arabia is just like, no, we're not letting that through. So Saudi Arabia were blockading food supplies to people who were literally starving to death in Yemen, and Air New Zealand were complicit in the blockade of food supplies to <laughs> Yemen. And then and then Christopher Luxon came out and was like, I don't recall that happening. And then everyone was like, okay, well, it did happen. Here's all the evidence. And then he was like, I think that that was before my term. And everyone was like, no, it wasn't. Here are the dates. This is what happened. And then his response was just like, I think it's probably bad that New Zealand didn't have like a way for the CEO to know about our military actions. How are you the CEO and don't know about your deals with the Saudi Arabian Navy? Because like fund- fundamentally, right? <laughs> fundamentally here, either this means that he's just lying and he knew and that makes him like ethically bad. Like it was an ethically yeah, bad action. Ethically bad. Or he didn't know, but should have known. That makes him a bad leader. That makes him a pretty bad CEO. Because you would think as a CEO, you would know if your company was involved in some, you know, military operation, black side stuff. You would think that's something a CEO should know. That's, that's definitely something a CEO, <laughs> a CEO should know. Um, anyways, yeah, so that was the other scandal. Um, but, like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of bad political fallout for him personally over these yeah. things. Like, he very easily just transitioned into a career in the National Party. He just blamed it on New Zealand and moved on. So those that's a kind of comparison of the two Chris's for you. This was not a very like in, information-heavy episode. We wanted, wanted to keep it easy and lighthearted for you today, so you have time to think about all of our economic discourse. From yeah, last really, week. really think about that. Indeed. And again, as always, if you have any ideas or suggestions for another episode topic, feel free to send them to us on Instagram. We're always re- willing to hear them. I hope you enjoyed our little discussion about Chris squared. <laughs> What's a, what's a, the square root of Chris? Is it just Chris? Well, the square root of Chris squared is The square Chris. root of Chris squared is just Chris. Yeah. Square root of Chris is, I don't know, it's undefined, I think. This is too mathy for me. Imaginary number Chris. Yes, imaginary, imaginary Chris. Imaginary Chris. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, but we hope you enjoyed. We will uh, see you next week for a yep. new episode of How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. Bye.